New Yorkers often think of their city as the center of the world, and this week, they may be right. World leaders are gathering at the UN General Assembly in Manhattan. There's a lot of critical issues on the docket, Afghanistan, Iran, and Kashmir. And this overarching question looms large. What is U.S. foreign policy these days? The other big topic in New York this week is climate change. The world's environment correspondent, Carolyn Beeler, is covering the UN Climate Summit. She joins us from UN headquarters in Manhattan. Carolyn, the Secretary General called leaders coming to this summit to come not with speeches but with concrete plans. Has that happened? There have been some specific actions announced, Carol, which we'll get to a bit later in the show. But big picture, Secretary General Antonio Guterres asked, his key ask was that countries come here armed with plans on how they would cut carbon in half by 2030 on the road to carbon neutrality by 2050. And that goal, that key ask, went largely unmet. Um, His special envoy for this summit told me they hope to have a majority of countries submit new targets on how much carbon they would cut by today. As of right now, uh, just over 60 countries have announced that they intend to enhance their ambition by 2020. That's far from a majority of the 193 UN member states. And those countries are largely small ones, vulnerable island nations, some African countries that represent something like 7% of global emissions. So this summit today is breaking down along pretty familiar lines, small island nations calling for action, larger countries not making a lot of concrete promises. And then we have the youth. There seems to be sort of generational issues as well. I mean, youth activism on climate change was very visible on Friday with the global climate demonstrations. Has there been a big youth present there today? So many, many leaders, when they took the podium, referenced the youth climate movements in their speeches or thanked young people for the activism work that they're doing. Then there was a short panel this morning with youth where Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg, who launched the school strike movement, gave one of the most impassioned speeches I've ever heard her give, nearly on the verge of tears. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet, I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money. Young people, including Thunberg and adults, took to the streets uh, all over the world on Friday to demand action at today's summit. Today, they even filed a new lawsuit against major emitters. Um, And earlier, over the weekend, I followed around one organizer, uh, both at the strike and here at the UN on Saturday. And, you know, I found that what she wanted was for the youth movement to stop being just about raising awareness but about becoming part of the solution. I met up with this young activist back on Friday, ahead of the New York climate strike. Shia Bastida is armed with her message. We are scared and we are angry. The we she refers to are teenagers like her. And we want our politicians to listen to the science and listen to our message. I catch the 17-year-old activist in a park in Lower Manhattan between other interviews. She clutches her phone where notifications are flooding in ahead of the march she helped organize with other young people. We as youth know that we're going to be the most affected if we don't do bold climate action right now. Shia grew up in Mexico. She moved to New York four years ago when she was 13. But before she did, she saw her hometown being flooded after heavy rains. That was the first time that I experienced the climate crisis. 
In New York, she saw the scars of Hurricane Sandy and started an environmental club at her high school. Then this spring, she started skipping school on Fridays to demonstrate in front of the United Nations. Today, she wears the same green t-shirt as the other organizers, along with neon yellow socks and sneakers for marching. And I notice, while we're talking, she's not just talking into my microphone. You have three microphones on you. Three microphones clipped to her collar. Yeah, like, I have a few people following me for the day. Teen Vogue, a French news company, a documentary filmmaker, and now me. Bastida is not a household name like Greta Thunberg, the 16-year-old Swedish activist who started the school strike movement a little over a year ago. But Bastida did go to Washington last week to speak with senators, and she's definitely having a moment. I'm quoting Greta here, but she said, I know I get a lot of media, but I'm going to use it to spread the message. And that's the goal. We want it now! We want change! We want it now! We want change! Bastida and her fellow organizers in green shirts eventually lead a crowd that will swell to a quarter million people down the streets of Manhattan to Battery Park, where Greta Thunberg herself makes an appearance. Thunberg's fans are in front of her in Battery Park, but her real audience is the leaders gathering at the UN this week, 55 blocks up. They have a chance to take leadership to prove they actually hear us. Do you think they hear us? We will make them hear us. Bastida has been watching from backstage. How did that feel? That felt amazing. Um, We started four people organizing, now it went to 15 people, and now it went to 80 people. And so, it's just amazing to see that 15 people who want to change the world can do it. And There's no doubt Bastida and young people like her have created a global cultural moment. But all that energy has yet to translate into policy changes in key places. In the U.S. and Brazil, in India and China, emissions regulations are being weakened, the Amazon is opening up for business, and new coal-fired power plants are still being built. The U.N. Secretary General tried to bring these two worlds together on Saturday at the first U.N. Youth Climate Summit. In the hallways, Shia Bastida meets up with youth leaders she's worked with from all over the country. Oh my God, I've missed you so much! I've been looking for you all day! How are you? These teenagers leading the movement on climate change have a moment to just be teenagers. Inside the summit, on stage, Secretary General Antonio Guterres gives them major props. He says they've changed the conversation. There is a change. I feel there is a change in momentum, and largely this change in momentum was due to your initiative and to the courage with which you have started this movement. Despite the kind words from the Secretary General, she's had a long couple of days, and she doesn't feel like she's had any real conversations with leaders here who could actually make things happen. We're having two different summits on the same topic, purposely saying this is youth and the other one is high-level officials. Why don't have both voices in the same space? Bastida is one of many young poster children who've come to represent the moral imperative to act on climate change. And now that she's helped start a global conversation, she wants to do more than talk. We need true inclusivity and youth in decision-making. Like, how long can we spread our message before it's too late? For The World, I'm Carolyn Beeler in New York.